Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bashmania podcast. Back-to-back days, back-to-back new episodes after a long and quiet February but we're back today with another new episode as Olympian, NCAA champ, U.S. Open champ. I could go on and on with all of his accolades. But Jordan Oliver is back on the show today to talk about his transition into MMA and his signing with Bellator this week, which means a retirement from wrestling. Kind of. Listen to the whole show until the end to hear exactly why I'm saying kind of. This show is brought to you by our friends at Attack, A-T-A-C. Attack is here to help you level up. Download the Attack app today in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and see why so many high-level wrestlers at all levels are using this app for a training advantage. From physical workouts to mental nutrition help, I've said it a million times before, I truly believe it. This app is like having a trainer in your pocket. When I wrestled 20 years ago, something like this was not available. So be sure to take advantage of this great app. Thank you to Attack for sponsoring this podcast. And hey, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to this Apple, Spotify, Rockfin, YouTube, wherever you are consuming this. Be sure to subscribe, leave a comment, give a thumbs up. All those little things help to continue to establish the brand of the podcast. But all right, enough for me. Let's get into today's conversation with Bellator's newest wrestler, newest fighter, I should say, Jordan Oliver. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do? What Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. We are here. I got J.O. Episode 184. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Dude, we faced some adversity this morning trying to get this going. <laughs> hey, hey, that's you always got to take a step back to take a couple forward, right? And I thought like I'm down the street at my good friend, Dr. Sam Camerata, his chiropractic office, because there was an accident this morning that knocked the power and Wi-Fi out. So I texted him and I'm like, can I come use your office? He's like, yeah. So he met me here and uh, I'm like, is that the end of the adversity that we couldn't get audio working, but we got it. So we're, we're going to chat a little bit. You've had a big week, dude. Huge, huge. And I, and I knew it was coming. So, you know, we've, we've obviously been talking about it. So it's not too much of a surprise for me. And there's been little hints. You said you were moving to Florida. I think you were in Richie Lewis's photo boxing a little bit. Like there's been some hints, but there's definitely congratulations in order. You've signed with Bellator MMA. Let's start with this. How did you come to this decision? Uh, so really, you know, all, going all the way back to 2016, right? After that Olympic run, well, trying to make the Olympic team, uh, there was about a year leading into 17 that I went full swing training and went into MMA. And I was training with, uh, at the time, it was power MMA, and guys like Ryan Bader and Aaron Simpson and Miles Drury at the time was there. And it was just a good atmosphere for MMA. So me thinking, okay, at the time, it was me, Ed Ruth, and Tyrell Fortune at Arizona. So those guys had made the transfer, and it was something that I've always been interested in. Oh, yeah. Right? You've kept so that I, no secret. <laughs> yes, yes. So at the time, I'm thinking, okay, I do want to do this. I want to make this transfer now. Um, but sitting down, you know, getting by myself and not having the outliers and, and seeing all my friends go to MMA, I'm like, what? Did some soul searching, but what is best for Jordan Oliver? Yeah. Right? What did I want to do? So, you know, make an Olympic team, go make the run to get an Olympic gold. And obviously I made the team and 
things didn't pan out the way uh, I expected. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, now looking, you know, I made the Olympic team. Sure, I didn't go and get the gold medal. Um, but I think at this point in time in my life, it is something that I am very interested in and one been wanting to do for years. And now that I have the opportunity and, you know, I have one, you have one life, right? Yeah. And you got to live it, right? So obviously in the long run, I love coaching. I love wrestling, right? I, I'm still going to compete and wrestle every day and keep getting better. And at the end of the day, who knows, I'm, I'm going to come back to coaching. That's, that's a goal of mine. I always want to give back, you know, wrestling's given me so much, but you know, my window, my competitive window is getting very, very small. I'm on 32 years old and, you know, for MMA, you know, I still have longevity a little bit, um, but it's something I wanted to do and something that I think I will be amazing at. Right. Um, same vision, right? You want to be a world champ. I want to go get the world title. And in doing so, I got to perfect not only one craft now. I got to perfect yeah. five, six different crafts. So it's something that intrigues me as a person as well. Getting up, I'm gone and learning all these different crafts. And not only is it, you know, making me a better athlete, uh, it's making me a better person and just becoming a better learner. Um, so at this point in my life, you know, I thank wrestling for everything, but now it's time to get in that octagon and, and start trying to put people to sleep or not trying to put people to sleep, put people to sleep. <laughs> yeah, put them to sleep. To get that belt. So why Bellator? Uh, Bellator, you know, they have an awesome promotion. And um, at this stage in my life, you know, Bellator not only uh, is committed to me as a person and an athlete, uh, but they want to see me progress and be the best uh, fighter I can possibly be. And with that being said, uh, you know, I've been speaking with them and, and, you know, it's been a real intimate relationship. Like they really care about their fighters. They care, uh, in general, you know, and just the conversations we had. Um, so for me, you know, Bellator is an amazing choice. It's an amazing company, but second to none. Right. And people make the debate and, you know, you have UFC and, and Bellator, but um, Bellator has given me the opportunity, but also I believe is going to, you know, help me flourish to be the best fighter I can possibly be. Does this mean I don't even want to ask this question, Jordan. Does this mean now that you're focused on MMA, you're not going to be entering any world team trials, Olympic team trials? And are you certain on that? Uh, pretty certain. Shoot. Pretty certain. So wrestling for me right now, um, like I said, it's 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 my it's, it's my first love. Yep. I'll always have wrestling uh in heart. And obviously it's made me into the person I am and gonna help me later on in my career with MMA and later down the road, whether it's coaching or just that connection that you have to wrestling all of the opportunities the people you get to meet wrestling's one big family so yeah. um i'll be at the u.s open in the trials as a spectator right? we will not be competing and it's sad to say and who knows maybe later down the road i get the itch and want to jump back in and you know there'll be opportunities for me to do event matches and things like that love to do and if push come to shove and I think you know I'm ready and I can still go and compete and win which I know I can uh, you know I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and, and make some noise like always and, and training MMA to be honest you know we're going back to 2016 you know I really wasn't successful on the international scene right until 2017 and I've always been in the mix Number two for longevity, and then 2017 is when I really broke broke through, uh, and it wasn't a coincidence. Yeah. It was from me training MMA, and then bringing the things that I was learning from MMA, the spacing and just different techniques into wrestling, and it really 
you know, projected my wrestling to where it's at. Um, and there's different fears, right? MMA, you're getting punched, kicked, choked, <laughs> right? And then you move back to wrestling, and it almost takes the whole, you know, uh, vision of, of, and, and fear away, right? You're like, what can this guy do to me? He's going to grab my leg. He's going to grab my head. After doing MMA, you're like, this guy can't punch me, choke me, <laughs> anything. Okay, let's, let's let's get a little comfortable, right? And that's, you know, over the years, you see me starting to get more comfortable. I'm better with my spacing, but MMA really helped my wrestling. Um, Dude, I, I think, think that, you're seeing that more and more. Not to cut you off, but like you're seeing guys like Roman Bravo Young train with MMA guys. You're seeing Bo Nickel start American Top Team in State College. You know, those guys are rolling around. Like you're seeing it more and more where I think as MMA becomes the juggernaut it is, I think we're going to see wrestlers younger and younger doing what you did in 2016, 2017. Start incorporating MMA into wrestling training. You have to. You have to. I think I think the endurance, the conditioning, and just, you know, the, the freshness on the mind of a new learning different techniques. Um, in the aspect, you're still working out. You're still being sharp with your mind and being mindful of positions and techniques, yep. right? And in the sense, you're training your mind. When you go and run, when you go and weightlift, and you do some things, and even coaches putting you through conditioning, right? Sometimes as a wrestler, after you do them, you're like, what? Why do we just do 100 sprints? I'm not going to be sprinting, <laughs> right. right? But then you start seeing the correlations and how it helps, right? So I, I love to see all these younger guys, you know, you see the Bassets and uh, who's the Cornell? Cornell. Well, he 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 had committed to Cornell. His brother was there. Pennsylvania guy. Gibson. Gibson. You see yeah. him, and, and you see all these guys. It, I'm telling you, it helps with just the conditioning, and also, like I said, it takes the fear away. Uh, but then you see guys like Jason Off who are just absolute aliens when they get on the mat and <laughs> you see him doing jujitsu holds and getting you know using it in wrestling getting back points same with roman yeah. right so uh it's 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 great to see right it's it's only going to help the sport and work inside to side with mma as well and, and growing with that being said let's not snag all of our great wrestlers <laughs> and pull them into mma but uh there's a the high ceiling there it is. And, you know, you mentioned that you're 32 years old and the longevity of your career and, and what could be. And it's funny because, you know, I'm thinking about this weekend. You got John Jones at UFC 285. He's 35 years old and he's like coming out of retirement for a fight. You know, it's crazy. And so initially before this, I was thinking my question was, how hard is it to announce your retirement from wrestling the year before an Olympic year? Most of the times you see big retirements from guys like you, it's I'm going to go one more year and then next April, next August, I'm done. But like you said, you're already 32 years old. So I'm assuming that that edge of it being hard to announce retirement with one more year to go before the Olympics. It's like, dude, I'm 32. I'm going to take my shot. I got to take my shot. Right. And, don't get me wrong. It, it it's still, it, it's always gonna weigh, right? You yep. always got the what is, and I still I, I'm I'm still a top competitor. But that being said, you know this is something that I wanted to do, right? And not saying that wrestling isn't my love and woke me up every morning to go track away, right? But having this transition to MMA and going through the process and getting ready, dude, I'm up and I'm ready trying to work out three, four times a day. And it's crazy because it's the fighting style, right? And, and you're like, it gotta be harder on your body. It's the opposite. It's easy. You're not in a stance all practice bent over, right? So standing, it's great. It's, um, it's something that I believe I was, I was born and meant to do. Dude, everybody like you to MMA is one of the most organic, like, yep, I can see that. I mean, you've again, you've made it no secret for a long time. You wanted to do it, but your personality, your style is 
a, a personality and an athlete that you're seeing thrive in MMA. And so for your MMA training now, you're, you're saying that you're waking up hungry. I'm curious of your training situation. So you had posted, this is when I knew that this was like very, very near to happening. You posted the path, Pennsylvania to Oklahoma, to Arizona, to New York, North Carolina, to Jersey, and now to Florida. We've talked about the first six moves. So if you're curious on all those, go back and listen to Jordan on this podcast over the last couple of years. We've talked a lot about the importance of all those moves, what they've done for him. But now you're heading to Florida. What is the purpose of this move? What's the training situation like down there now? So I'm heading down to Florida. I'll be training at Kill Cliff, um, which a couple of years ago was Sanford MMA. And now it is called Kill Cliff. Uh, amazing training situation it is located in Deerfield uh, Beach, Florida. Uh, yep. But the reason I'm going there is, is, like I said, the situation they have, right? It's it's. The setup they have is it's a true professional um, managed facility, right? You don't have just anybody coming into the gym, right? To yep. be in that gym, you have to be invited uh, and you have to be a part of the gym. There's kind of no memberships and things like that. But on top of it, uh, it's not even about that. You have the elite set of coaches and not just striking not just muay thai not just jiu-jitsu right you have full spectrum of coaches that are really great uh on top of it you know and i'm taking a wrestling mentality from it not only do you have a full set of coaches that are always going to be there and detailed to you now you have partners as well right so the the environment um and i look at it through my through my career of wrestling right when i went to oklahoma state i think the reason i made that choice was the coaching the partners i have right iron sharpens iron when i got to oklahoma state they got my my butt kicked right <laughs> and i'm same thing here right new stage uh new path in life and i'm on a learning curve right now i gotta put my head down and work and i expect to go in there and get my butt kicked in the first couple of weeks right but keep grinding, waking up, learning, and improving, and then I can go showcase my skills. So that, I mean, from partners to coaches, from the setup and the system they have at Kill Cliff, it is second to none, right? And if I'm going to do something, I'm making sure I'm going to put myself in the best situation to become a world champ. We don't go into fighting for the glitz and glamour, right? I there's one vision. And that's to become a world champion and the best fighter on this planet. I think you can do that, Jordan. I really do. And I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up your butt. I, I think you have what it takes. Obviously, the wrestling is probably the easiest part of the transition for you. What do you think is going to be the hardest? I think uh, wrestling's easy. And, and it's still different with MMA wrestling, right? And you got the cage wrestling and you get need and you get punched now and you get choked. So some of the, the, the wrestling's a little bit different, but the, I think the hardest thing, but the one thing that I want to learn and most curious about is jujitsu, right? Striking obviously is number one. You always got to learn to strike, but jujitsu is something that is very close to wrestling. And it's very much a chess game like wrestling. Yeah. Right. Yep. But if you look, you know, and you look at striking, you look at jujitsu and all these different combat sports that are mixed in at the highest level, just like wrestling, it's a chess game. Right. So it's very, very, uh, it's very intriguing to learn. And a lot of, you know, the things we do in wrestling, how to generate power and, and just the movement. And luckily I have very good feet. Right? So switching over to MMA, my striking and stuff, my movement is very well, which is helping me a lot. But, you know, the hardest thing I think, obviously, I want to learn jujitsu is just going to be able to be able to be comfortable, just as in wrestling, to be comfortable in exchanges with striking. Yeah. Right. And also be very, 
very crisp in your technique. You know, I'm a perfectionist. I was a perfectionist in wrestling of, of knowing my setups to the different reads and the different options I had for my takedowns. Same thing goes with fighting, right? Um, so I'm trying to perfect and make everything perfect. But like I always said, you're never going to reach perfection. You reach greatness. So really for me, it's getting very, very comfortable in striking, but not just striking. It's the exchanges and being comfortable and seeing things, right? The reads. And that takes time. It just as in wrestling, when you go out, you have high anxiety, high tension. Sometimes you fake on a guy and he's like, whoa. And it's just yeah. like this crazy reaction. You're like, oh, my goodness. Right. So same thing where you're in, in MMA, where I start becoming more comfortable. Right. And I can start countering, not only countering, but, you know, exploring windows and, and dominating fights. Right. Not always just backing out or using my wrestling to save me. Now, right. as a wrestler, there's going to be times I need to wrestle. But the person I am, the style I want to bring, I want to be an ultimate striker. And yeah, then when I push comes to shove, then I can use my wrestling. Your um, Bellator announced that you're competing at 145, which for wrestling fans, that's like 65, 66 kilos. You've recently been competing up at 70 kilos. I'm assuming, you know, to make that commitment to, to 145 when you're now in your 30s, where you, when you cut weight, we've, again, we talked about this. I think after the Olympic trials, you have had a really good in detail breakdown about your weight management leading up to the trials and how you felt. But now, as you enter this point, what was that decision like to go that weight? that you've kind of, you know, you've been at for a while, but you've also kind of gone up a little bit to be more comfortable at times. Right. Um, I think, you know, if I'm looking to go to 2024, I'm going 65 kilos. Right. Naturally, I think when I'm at my best, right, I think the decision to go 70 was to feel good. And really, you know, I was coming off an injury and I was older. Right. So yeah. I, I was trying to give my body time to heal, but also um, I was big enough and I felt great to compete at 70. And I think I could have won the world title at 70. I still think I, I can. Um, 145 now. With that being said, it's a little bit different. We don't have two hour weigh ins. Right. There's day before weigh ins, but even that, you know, nothing changes across the board. It's just professionalism with your nutrition being committed and disciplined and sticking to the plan. Um, so 145 for me, that's not a hard cut at all. Um, and this is, it's not as taxing on the body. Like I said, right. I was down in Florida when I went down there for a week and was training. And after the third day, you know, as a wrestler, I can feel my body. I'm like, I'm a little light. I think and yeah, I step on the scale. I weigh 154. <laughs> Right. Wow. So even seeing that, you know, coaches and some of the guys were around, they're like, oh, you can fight 35. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I'll quit before I even start. Don't even think about it. Right. Oh, um, man. And if the time comes, right. And I'm 45 feeling great. And I think I can make 35. And, and the situation is right for me to make 35. I'll make it. Um, but 45 for me uh, is a perfect weight. I'll feel good. Um and I believe, you know, when I'm going to be very, very disciplined, you know, and I'll be working, working out two, three times a day, um, you know, 45 is not going to be a hard cut. And I just want to make sure that it's not about the cut, right? Just even in wrestling, as long as I stay disciplined and I follow the nutrition, we're focused on getting better. And right now, that's very important for me. I got to focus on. Not only, like I said, one craft, I got to focus on perfecting four or five different crafts. Yep. Right. So, um, you know, with that being said, being disciplined and just doing the work, you know, weight will take care of itself. Yeah. Right. So even in wrestling, you, you go into practice, you don't want to think about, okay, I got to lose this much weight. You want to think about what do I need to get better and what do I need to improve to be better the next day and the next day. Right. So 
even for me, I'm not even thinking about weight. Hey, it's let me get in the room, let me work, let me become the best I can possibly be. So when the time comes and I can showcase my skills, I put on a show for the MMA world and wrestling world. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. It's funny because, you know, when I was thinking about this episode, I'm thinking about your transition to MMA. In wrestling, goals are so often age-based. You want to be a state champion. You want to be an NCAA champion. Then you want to be a world and Olympic champion. With MMA, you don't compete in college. You don't compete in high school at that level. It's one goal to be a world champion, to get a belt, and that's it. Do you think being in this stage of your career kind of helps that transition of that mindset of just for, you know, the last decade you've been training to be a world champion and now that's not changing. You're just kind of changing the craft from being a world champion in one craft to being a world champion over here. Was that part of the excitement about going over to this? It's kind of continuing that chase of being a world champion without kind of putting your eyes on a completely different prize. Right, right. I mean, just me and you could be playing ping pong, and I want to be you. <laughs> it don't matter what we're doing. I'm a competitor. Yeah. So um, I want to be the best possibly I can be, whether it's wrestling, whether it's sprinting from one stop sign to the next. Right? I'm always trying to win. So that being said, I think wrestling has prepared me over like way more than I even thought of moving into this MMA world. Uh, just the mental mindset and the training aspect. And like you said, the goal to be a world champion, right? That obviously in wrestling is very, very hard. You start looking at it in wrestling terms, right? If it's Olympics, world titles, you got only 10 guys. Right, yep. ten Olympic team. Olympic team. You got six guys. Um, I don't. Man, nothing changes. Nothing changes. So for me, I'm very, very excited just to get up and who knows? Maybe I go win a world title in jujitsu, win a world title in boxing, and and win a world title in MMA while I'm doing all of these crafts. That's the fun thing about it is I love to learn and try to perfect anything that I'm doing. Yep. So this is just feeding me. Uh, but coming from wrestling and just having that mental mindset and, you know, the grueling workouts, the weight cuts, and, you know, years when I was in college before all of this new science and nutrition stuff came to, came into play, it was more of, um, it was always mentality, yep. right? It don't matter how you feel. Nobody cares how you feel. They just care if you win or lose. Right? I think that mentality um, is going to take me to a world title. When you talk about world championships, I was looking at this morning because I was curious. At featherweight, the Bellator champ is Patricio Pitbull. He's had the belt for 2,312 days since 2014. So he won the belt, won it back three times. Bellator 123, 178, and 277. I say all this because it puts into it puts it into perspective that you're now going to be stepping into the octagon, to the cage, with guys who have only been doing fighting for the last decade plus. And you're coming from a background of one of those aspects that MMA needs, which is wrestling. Do you feel like even though you're starting MMA professionally now, you're at a disadvantage because these guys have been fighting professionally? Or do you look at it as kind of a level playing field because you are so skilled in wrestling? Uh, to be honest, I look at it as a disadvantage, right? And that's just coming from the rest of the mindset of Coach Smith, right? Coach John Smith, expect the unexpected. Put yourself in the worst possible situation and find a way out of it, right? So moving over, and this is how I think about it, like, and, and taking a step back and looking at all the wrestlers that trans transition in the MMA, right? It's almost, it's very humbling because, yes, you have the credentials and 
you're considered an alpha male when you come from the sport of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Right. But you got to let that ego go because for as long as I've been wrestling, which is 28 years, there might be a guy that's been boxing and striking for 18, 20 years as well. Right. So I'm great in the wrestling world, but the striking and boxing world, I got to catch up now with the mentality and the discipline that I've learned through wrestling. I believe I can do that very, very quickly. Right. Uh, And that's why wrestling, I think, has prepared me more than I even know. Just going through the training and just the mental thought of the process and executing the training. Um, With that being said, I got to approach these tasks and let go of the whole Jordan Oliver persona in my training. Right. And when I'm going into work, because I'm a perfectionist. So when things ain't right. It's easy for me sometimes to get frustrated and be like, ah, same working. Right. Right. But with that being said, with the training, with the mental discipline, that's also going to project me very quickly to where I want to be, whether that's striking jujitsu. Um, but the mentality is I'm behind. Right. It's also so. funny because you mentioned that it's a disadvantage, but I, I do think we are so early into this, you know, wrestling wrestlers have been going to MMA. That's nothing new, but the frequency that you're seeing it is more and more. And we're also seeing such a wide array of ages. You're 32. You're going to start your first professional fight this year. Bo's fighting this weekend at 27. Then you have Aaron Pico who could have had an amazing collegiate career. I'm sure. Go right into MMA at 1819. And you're seeing all different levels of success. You know, Bo's two fights at UFC's contenders, Dana White's contender series, were lights out in seconds. You have Pico, who went arguably, you know, at that age where I feel like if most people really, really want a longer career, they go earlier. But then you got knocked out. And it's like, it doesn't make a difference when you go. Um, real quick too, by the way, since we're talking about Bo, your official prediction for Bo's fight tomorrow night. Oh, I think to be honest, I think Bo gets a submission first round. Dude, so that's what I put in on FanDuel. My buddy texted me, who's like not a huge wrestling guy, but he's a big MMA guy, my brother-in-law. And he said, dude, I can't believe Bo's minus 2000. I said, I like Bo first round submission plus 110. That's just me. I'm like, I just, I like that. I. You know, it's I don't think we look at wrestlers like we don't we look as wrestlers for power like knockouts. But then a guy like Bo comes out there, gets a submission. I I like Bo first round submission, too. I feel better now, Jordan. (laughs) I like I I like that. And I. I think Bo. Is very, very confident. Number one thing you need to be right. Very, very confident. I won't put it past him to knock him out. I don't like when I'm this confident, Jordan. I'm this, I'm I'm too confident in him. (laughs) Like I, but then I look at Vegas and I say, okay, Vegas, it's a minus 2000. And for you non-gamblers listening, that means to win a hundred dollars, which is what betting lines are based on. You have to put up $2,000. I think my buddy was going to bet like 80 bucks and was going to return 85. (laughs) He's like, I'm like, dude, go first round submission. I'm like, yeah. You know, it, it is what it is, but um, if, I'm, if I'm a better, what what are the lines for him getting a stoppage in the first? Let's see if we can pull him up when we talk. Well, I looked that up, Jordan. If there's another active wrestler right now who you're excited, who maybe if you could pull them to Florida a little bit and start MMA, who would you love to see from wrestling right now hop in MMA tomorrow? And I'm going to go through the list. I would. uh, Roman pops into my head right away. That's that's a given. Yeah, I want to see Roman. I think Roman's already doing it. So, yeah, Roman to me is already making the transition. Um, Bo by stoppage first round plus three fifty. 
I like that. Ask so you bet a hundred to win three fifty. You know, you, you almost put a little hunt. You almost sprinkle a little bit on first round submission and and the the stoppage. Oh, it's a win win. And the thing yeah. is, is to be honest, you know, Bo and Bo Bo is a uh, Bo's kind of programming it, right? He's like, hey, I mean, this guy's gonna worry about my my wrestling. And he's gonna drop them hands, and I'm gonna clip him, right? But even if you're seeing the progression of the fight, say that happens. Bo's wrestling him, trying to get a submission. Dude works back up. I think Bo is possibly due for a first-round stoppage. Dude, that I think that first fight where he had that knockout was was just brutal. It looked like he'd been doing this for 10 years. I mean, it's just... And that's how I look at, like, your MMA career. And, and like, this podcast is not an MMA podcast. I don't follow MMA a lot at all. But I like following my guys in MMA. Like, right. I told Becca, my wife, I'm like, Dude, not dude, but like, I don't really order that many fights. We're getting tonight or tomorrow night's fight. Like we're getting this pay-per-view and like watching you guys is what makes it fun. I think you're going to have that same path. So who who is your guy since Roman's already Roman's a given? Who would you say? To be honest, I would like to see uh, Keegan O'Toole. Okay. I think O'Toole is a is a guy that goes out and puts it on the line and would be a freaking amazing fighter, right? Just the, his mindset of of going out and, and you know seeing his interview after he wrestled Carr, right? And that's another guy I would love to see over in MMA, yeah. right? Um, there's there's a bunch of guys that I think that would do awesome, Austin Gomez, but I think uh, O'Toole was somebody that would surprise a lot of people, right? O'Toole also has Askren in his corner. Like O'Toole's an Askren kid. He's a Missouri kid. Like that's like that's Ben's kid. So yeah, when you have Ben, who's all time fighter in your corner, you really can't go wrong. And who can kind of show you the blueprint and how it's done and, and has those connections. I think he would be a a freaking really really good fighter. I think he would be one that never holds back and puts it out on the line and. You'd be surprised. He might become like a knockout artist. Dude, you like look Michael Chandler. You look at some of these heavyweights too right now. Mason Paris, Kirk Philippe, Tony Cassiope. Those guys, yeah. and obviously Gable Stevenson too, but like he's he's WWE, so you know, we'll leave him out of that. Like those guys have such explosive power. Kirk Philippe looks like a 74-pound guy, the way he moves. Mason Paris, Cassiope, these guys are explosive and they're in shape. Like they look like 97 pound guys, you know, they look like they're those guys in MMA, I think would do crazy. Are any of those high level, high level, really good, big guys that can move like those guys do um, and have a wrestling background do absolutely amazing in MMA. I think it is a no brainer. If Gable Stevenson went into MMA, oh, dude, dude would be a huge hit. Right. It's like, uh, and I would never knock DC. DC is my guy. I love DC. It's my big bro. But it would be like DC 2.0. Yeah. Right. Maybe 3.0 because this dude is just the way he moves. I don't power explosion. I think it would be amazing. I don't think there's a guy who can, who we can look at as a favorite to win on a Saturday night in March at NCAAs that wouldn't necessarily at least give you hopium for how they're going to compete if they were to go MMA. Like if you start looking at the favorites, Spencer Lee, Roman Bravo, young Yanni, you start looking at these guys, real woods. <laughs> like you start looking at these guys. It's like, okay, top contender, top contender, top contender. Like, yeah, what an advantage. And, and real, real. I've always been a fan of real. And I believe real is going to make the transition at MMA. I think he would be freaking spectacular. Uh, Real, come to MMA, man. When you're when you're done, look at he's got Izzy in his corner. Izzy's trained oh, some of the best know. in the world. So, Real's path to MMA is, is pretty much like a for real to MMA is very much to me like Roman to MMA. It's yeah. just yeah. they have how's that connections and they're, they're, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. They they just the, the connections they already have. 
and just the athletes that they are and the mentality that you see, you're like, they're, they're meant for MMA. Dude, I didn't. I made a prediction last year that I was wrong on, and I'm still, I'd make the same prediction all over again. I thought for sure after last year in Detroit, we'd see Soriano go right into MMA. His personality, his persona, he thrives off the arena. Like wrestling, you know, just as well as anybody, wrestling is not about the lights. It's not about the glitz and the glamour. We got guys, some of the best in the world, Gilman, Snyder, Joey McKenna, competing in a gym in Bulgaria right now, not even getting any coverage, very, very little attention. You got to go try to find the Bulgaria Federation YouTube to, to find right. the link. It, it ain't easy. You're not doing it. So if you do thrive in, in the high pressure, the lights are on situations, like I think Soriano has always done, I was surprised that he didn't go right in MMA last year. I think uh, I think he's planning to do it. Um, just knowing the person Nick is and his mentality, I believe he thinks and has the ability he should be yeah. the Olympian and Olympic gold medalist. So to tell somebody, even like me, whoever is on on this on this journey is. You know, Nick has put 10, 20 plus years into wrestling. And, you know, he has a great future and possibly be a champion in MMA. So for these, you know, this next cycle for him, it's why should I cut my wrestling short when I'm basically at the pinnacle, right? And I can go, I, I believe I can go win, make the team and then go and bring home the gold. Right. Um, and for him, he has a lot of time. So I think, you know, you're going to see Nick Soriano go make a team, go win a medal if he wants to and has the possibility to, and then really make his transition, shh, really make his transitions into MMA. I think he's a perfect fit for it. And I think he, there's a reason he's, he's in Arizona. Dude, by the way, Mark, Mark Perry is, I'm sure very persuasive when he has talent in front of him and he knows you can be an Olympian, a world medalist. I'm sure Mark Perry in your ear to say like that, that's no doubt. And if it's easy to, to forget, like Soriano had the same record as Cal in college in high school. Soriano was 159 and no in high school. Crazy. He, he has been so good for so long and you know, thinking about longevity of, of wrestling careers, I'm starting to think of like some of the highlights of your career. For me, U.S. Open. The, always, you always, always put on a show at the U.S. Open. There's something about J.O. in Vegas that just that that gets me excited for your fights. I hope they're in Vegas because you in Vegas, there's just some magic about it. When you look back on your wrestling career, what would you say are some of the highlights that stick out? I mean, it would never be. I I don't want to be cheesy. Right? And the wins are always great. But I think it was just the journey and the people I got to meet uh, in the process. Yeah. Right. Of going from Easton wrestling, you know, growing up Easton wrestling, getting to wrestle under considerably the best if not the best American all time, John Smith. And then, you know, my progression from there, whether it was from Arizona state and working with Zeke, um, the people I got to meet and just get to work with was truly a blessing. Um, and, and they weren't just acquaintances. They became family. And there are people who really like molded and shaped me and really my thinking of, you know, I couldn't be this high level, you know, thinker and, and competitor without all of these people in my life helping me and giving me uh, advice and just being a leader without having to say anything, right? I'm just watching these guys. So, um, man, I love wrestling in general is a whole highlight for me, right? I loved everything about it. I loved competing. I love putting on the show, uh, you know, and you can go back to the wins and, NCAAs and go back to states and 
you know, but it was really, uh, you know, highlights for me. It's, you know, I always love the big matches, the beat the streets, right, and wrestling out in Times Square. And obviously, NCAAs, nothing ever tops that. You're on ESPN yeah. in front of thousands and thousands. It's electrifying, right? Uh, but my favorite, and it'll always be, is, was the Olympic team run and, and the U.S. Open. Yeah. Right? I even surprised myself on the U.S. Open. I think I've told this story a couple times where I was cutting, cutting, and I almost pulled out the day before the U.S. Open. I ran the 50 to 0 gauntlet. Was that right? 2017? That was 2019. 2019? When I, when I ended up teching the field. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of 2017. You'd be, I think, Molinaro in the finals. Yeah, yeah that was – those. hey, any of those of just, you know, all of those tournaments and, and going through those competitions were highlights. I don't think people understand. And back in the day, I was wrestling my first round with Callan Russell, Frank Molinaro, Jason Chamberlain, Jimmy Kennedy, Logan Stever. Right. And then once you get through all of them and you have other guys in the bracket with Chase Pammy, then you had to wrestle fresh Metcalf. And you're like, those, even though I didn't some, you know, I didn't win them, those are memories that I cherish the battles, the going, wrestling, the very, very best every single match. Right. Being able to put myself in position not to, battle test myself but i'm wrestling other national champs other world champions right mm -hmm. i loved every single part about that i love the hype i love the training leading up into it and sometimes the results suck but i still loved it it still motivated <laughs> me to get back on my feet and get working because i had somebody to track down and same goes mma right i'm waking up i'm seeing the rankings, I'm watching all these different fighters. Um, and it's a new craft. I'm doing my homework. I'm sitting, watching, fighting, literally 16 hours of the day. Right? So uh, nothing's going to change. We're still going to get up. We're still tracking down the best guys and trying to be the very best and become a world champion. You know, selfishly, what I don't like about you retiring now is I'm I'm a sap. And I, I don't like you not having the moment of leaving your shoes on the mat. I feel like that would choke me up. That I uh, do. Can we get like an exhibition match, or can we do something like maybe honorary eleventh match next uh, in a couple of weeks in NCAA? Is like, hey, I would love, I would love to do an event match. And to me, I, I get it. Leaving the competition part of wrestling. But I don't, I don't know if I'll ever put my shoes on the mat because I'm always going to be part of wrestling. I'm always going to be involved. So for me to say I'm going to retire and walk away from wrestling, I would be lying to myself. I still wake up and I'm like, hey, I'm off. Anybody want to go get a roll? Let's go roll. Let's go wrestling. <laughs> right? And I even text these, like, all the guys, like, any of the MMA guys, any of the wrestling guys, I'm like, hey, you want to learn wrestling? You want to go wrestle? I'll help you any way I can. Um, so... You know, after I go and get my world title and my belts, you know, vision for me is, you know, continue to help wrestling and build wrestling uh, as well. Maybe have my own gym where I can teach wrestling and maybe MMA and different sorts of things. I think what we need to do between New York's taxes and New York's politics, I'm very jealous of your move to Florida. I think I think we're going to try to. I think in like five years, we want to try to, you know, get a place down there. I think what we need to do is team up by then you'll have your world championship. I'll have a little bit of time. Hopefully we need to bring D one wrestling to Florida. Oh, I'm. Can you imagine it. NCAAs in Miami? <laughs> I mean, hey, like... Just imagine a, a division one team for the Gators. Right, right. Florida, like Florida State, or the any U? of them, <laughs> just having wrestling. I don't think it, it would be no competition. Right, people would want to go there and compete. Nice weather. It's almost like Arizona State. You're like, oh, <laughs> they got good coaches. I'm definitely there. 
like imagine the recovery in Florida, the vitamin D. Like you, you hear people like Dake talk about the importance of sun and and how that's helped him in his career. And bro, he's in Ithaca, New York. I live two hours away from that. It's sunny here 30 days a year. Like, right, right. What could that he, do for you in Florida? And he and he and he Kyle sometimes when there ain't sun, he still says there's sun. <laughs> and he's outside. You're like, I don't see it, but Kyle, uh Kyle knows his stuff, so I never question him. Never question him. For me, the weather is everything, even in Arizona. I mean, the worst possible thing could possibly happen, and you still wake up and you see the sun and the nice weather, and it just changes your mood. You're like, oh, everything's all right. Everything will be all right. But just having that great weather, right, and I can train 365 days out of the year outside, right, and and great atmosphere, and just like you said, the recovery of the, the vitamin D, but when you're in an environment like that, like great weather, it almost changes your mindset of how you eat and the lifestyle. You oh, live. yeah. Dude, when it's 20 and, degrees here and my wife's like, should we make chili? Sure. Want to throw a rack ribs on the grill? Sure. Like, but when you're in Florida, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind a salad with some ahi tuna. Like, yeah, give me some fruit, fresh fruit cut up. It's like I see some, some rays. I see some of these people in California that have like the indoor outdoor gyms where it's like you have like I've got the backyard now where if the weather was nice, I could be doing some stuff. And in the summer, probably put a rower out there, do some stuff. But, um, you know, it is crazy too. talking Olympic trials got me thinking. I remember in 2020, I made a post about how you and Burroughs, you guys were the only ones from the 2012 Olympics at the 2020 Olympic trials. And now Jordan is going to be the lone ranger at the 2024. Dude, if you think about how long it feels like the 2012 Olympic team, like Hayeswinkle, Burroughs, Herbert, Herbert, Barner, like the Lagniaf, like these guys feel like they were, some of them wrestled 10 years ago and Burroughs is still going, dude. It's crazy. And like you were you and him, I was hoping you'd both make it for. But man, that that that's crazy, dude. Jordan MMA would be fun. I know he won't do it. I know he doesn't want to do it, but he would be amazing. Amazing. And he pokes at it. I think if time ever came and Jordan got offered a fight and he was training, I think Jordan would do it. It's something we've we've talked about and he's that he's been interested in. Yeah, he's always fight. he's always like kind of held it in his pocket. Like maybe I take one fight if the situation was right, money was right, everything. Like he doesn't completely shut the door on that. <laughs> right, and and you see he you see he does little posts where he's in gyms and he's working with some of these guys, and you're like, oh, that's yeah, jujitsu and that's MMA. <laughs> what are you What are you getting at here, Jordan? Right, and it's funny. Because he's like, oh, I don't want to be punched. Right? I don't want to get hit in the face. But I'm like, Jordan, in the first 20 seconds of your batches, you have two split eyes from trying to double guys off the bat. Right? Eye split, heads wrapped. Your ear exploded, wrapped it up. Other eye split, whatever it might be. I don't know if it could get even any worse from all the doubles and all of the things that you've taken shooting double eggs. No, I think the, the risk to the risk to like break something seems higher in um it seems higher in MMA that like you might break a leg, you might have a freak injury. But as far as the brutality of like the strikes and the kicks, you're right. Like those clubs, those Iranians and Russians that like basically try to beat the hell out of them in 45 seconds until the ref says stop. Yeah. Like you said, like Jordan's not Jordan until his head's wrapped and his socks pulled up. And by yep. then he's like, dude, okay, he's, you he's look like you went it's a fight. fight. Right. Yeah, it's it's already a fight. And hey, one thing that he don't have to worry about is the eye pokes. Like, hey, you can't get <laughs> eye pokes. You get in trouble with eye pokes, you get here, bub. They said, come on over. But you know, Jordan's a true, true warrior. Right? What do you Even think? His mentality. And I've, There's none like it. Jordan. He he's 
like we've been friends and he's been a client of mine. We've been at each other's weddings. Like I, I know him pretty good. And I know you do too. Like seeing Jordan off the mat makes everything on the mat make so much more sense. Yeah. He's the, he's the true package of a true competitor and just his mentality. He competes in everything, every single thing you think I compete and I want to win everything. Jordan is 10 times worse. Right. So it's always fun getting with them. It's always competing, but you know, just his mentality and what makes him the wrestler he is and the discipline he has, if he decided he wanted to fight or even take a fight and it was a high level fighter, there's no doubt in my mind that Jordan would do the training and the necessary work and would put on a freaking amazing show. I feel like he'd have to fight somebody like a Russian Iranian. I feel like he's such a, like his feuds internationally are such the biggest feuds internationally in wrestling. I think like, I think he'd have to fight like a Russian or Iranian or something. We, we just need to have each team, each team strap up some gloves. Right. And have like a little wrestling MMA league. You don't have to, you can train if you want and then have some of the wrestlers fight. And that would be, amazing to watch right you, <laughs> you match some wrestlers up that have just like imagine that wrestling went and put on a, a freaking jordan burroughs versus kyle Dake. be amazing in the mma world right you, you let them wear shin guards you let them wear gloves maybe a headpiece <laughs> we'll go crazy people would love to watch i would watch it in oh a heartbeat, dude right? every everybody would seeing those but, guys do anything competition wise is great and you you talk about them jordan competing against an Iranian Russian the internet will go off he'll set the internet on fire but I think Jordan uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see his next his next few years the dude he gets older and just gets better so he gets more mature and he gets even more grounded and he doubles down on what he knows works and obviously when, when you're of that caliper it's just the the wisdom, you know, you almost wish some of these coaches that develop all this wisdom could go back and compete now with that wisdom they've gained because you talk right. to some of these coaches. I'm not, I'm not an athlete by any means. But when I talk to some of them and you hear like, wow, you're really smart to connect those two things and have that outcome. Be crazy to see what they could do if after years of accumulating that wisdom, go compete with it. And Jordan's at that point to where, He's what a couple of years older than you, right? He's like yep, 33, 34, 34. Yep. Yeah. So it, it's cool to see that wisdom being applied where many times I feel like it starts happening after somebody winds down their career. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, that's one thing Jordan always did. He always capitalized, you know, when some guys come back and they have downtime, you know, Jordan never let his downtime take them steps back. Mm -hmm. right? Even after he wins a world title or, even lose whatever it might be, you know, Jordan, the next day, if he's having his one uh, GMO meal, he's allowed to have <laughs> a year, right? He is immediately back on track and freaking, okay, what can I do today to make me a little bit better? Right. And it's just this, the pennies he's putting in the bank, right? That week that, guys took off you know jordan might have took off the mat but his mind and the way he's working and the things he, he he wants to get accomplished he's he's still working on in his mind and putting a plan together there's you want to say there's downtime but for him that's this is life that's his downtime he loves to do this yeah right? and you've so, said You've said it before on this podcast and older interviews where it's like the things you do six months, five months, four months before competition plays such a heavy role. The things you're doing in December, January play a big role at how you compete in April. Yep. And it, guys like you have kind of taught me that like those little things that matter that don't matter whatsoever today in the grand scheme of things in your mind do matter. And it's crazy. And he's been doing that for a decade plus 2011 <laughs> right? at the highest level you're like what can you possibly get better in like what can you do to improve yourself and somehow jordan comes back and shocks the world again
Yeah, like he just for eleven years, it's it's impressive. For eleven years, he has been completely on an uphill projection. Yeah, it's crazy. Going. And people can be even the losses. Jordan was better. Yeah, right. He he's been constantly getting better, and I know. Just as a person, as a competitor, when you feel that and you see that, why walk away? You're still the best and you're still getting better. If there comes a point in time where you're getting better and you just you can't win anymore, okay. But Jordan continually continually gets better and is still winning. It's yeah. he's an alien. Yeah. He's an alien. Well, that that's a good way to put it. All right, Jordan, I'm going to let you go. I know you got a lot to do. This was a great conversation. I think I'm going to have to title it like Jordan Oliver announces retirement from wrestling, kind of. Because hey. you're because you're you're announcing a retirement from wrestling competition to parlay the wrestling aspect into MMA, and you're not done with the sport of wrestling. So I think this this episode is going to be titled Jordan Oliver announces retirement from wrestling, kind of. Awesome. All right, Jordan, let's uh we're gonna get on the horn later because we gotta talk about I mean that beautiful website we built you. We're gonna have to make some MA updates yes. now and we'll we've got some fun ahead of us for that. But we got time because do you you don't know exactly when you're fighting, right? You just know before the end of the year. So I mean there's you know, there's dates that we're looking at. You know, there's cards in June, July, August. Uh but right now I'm literally about to finish my packing and hop in the car and drive to Florida. Oof. So we got a 24 hour drive ahead. And as soon as I touch down, it's get to work. And, and really then when um, we see like my progression, yep. uh, then we'll really make a educated, you know, guess on what card we want to be on. Uh, me being a competitor, you know, I'm like, Hey, I get on the first car, right? But <laughs> I love that about you, know, you. Patience, it's patience, and and I got to build. So I got a good team behind me, um, with the Mag Agency and Hillcliff, and um, just my connections through wrestling. You know, speaking with Daniel, and you know, I've been speaking with Suhudo all the time. Um, that really are helping me navigate these waters and and put. Uh, plan together to make sure not um, not that I'm only successful but I can I'm very very polished and the best fighter I can possibly be when I step in that octagon I love it man I'm looking forward to it thank you for hopping on the podcast today I know you're getting pulled in a million different directions everybody wants to talk to J.O. right now so thank you I'm excited for your future I, I it, I'm grateful that with guys like you, I'm kind of on the inside. I get to like help you work with you on the brand side and do fun things. Guys like you and Burroughs, it, it's so fun to be fans of because then when you also get to work, you're invested that much more and you get to like, you, you take like even more pride in the victories. It's, it's fun. So well, I appreciate it. I've always appreciated our friendship and everything uh, you've done for me and the support, man, even things like this, uh, I'm very grateful for you even to give me the opportunity to come on your podcast and, you know, form the friendship that we've formed and, you know, work together. And hopefully, you know, we build an empire moving forward. Dude, the, sport needs, side of things. the sport needs more people like you where the loyalty, there's been people who have gone through stuff and have had people just like, all right, I, I can't be associated with this. It could affect me negatively. You never shy away from your crew. You never shy away. Like if you're, I remember somebody came after me for something on Twitter and within seconds, I don't know if I saw it yet. And you're like, back down. JB is my boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. My you don't see a lot of that loyalty in wrestling. You don't, there's a lot of in wrestling. There's a lot of like, I'm doing me and I get it because it, it's a wrestling. It's all about me. Quote unquote but th there's not a lot of loyalty to the level that you have for it. Well, you've, you've always been there for me. You've always backed me. And, you know, I've got, you know, a small circle of people, you know, that through thick and thin, win, lose, 
if I want to wrestle, if I don't want to wrestle, no matter what it was, they backed me, you backed me, and always gave me the opportunity um, to be a better person, to expand my brand and just expand as a person. So, um, you know, that little circle, you, you uh, are more to this journey than you even know. Uh, and, and very much appreciate it more than I can even show. So I appreciate uh, it. No, I know that you show it. You might not that, think you showed as much as you do, but you show it in a lot of ways. That means a lot. So uh, I try to stick, you know, stay loyal to the ones that have been loyal to me through the start to the finish, no matter what happened. Uh, and I've always appreciated that. And, you know, that's how I've always been brought up. So again, I've, always say to you you're the man i appreciate everything you do and thank you and i appreciate you jl i appreciate the time you let me come on the podcast and talk some mma on a wrestling based podcast but we're going to change that up and get an mma base here soon too <laughs> as well bashamania mma version 2.0 i love it all right jo i will talk to you in a little bit man have a great day sounds good you as well awesome <laughs> And the beat goes on.